And good morning, good morning. Welcome to Astounding Love Church, a global church fellowship. My name is Minister Dury Foster, and we are delighted to have you here with us today. We are at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard in San Jose, California. You can reach us on by the web at www.astoundinglove.org. So we're going to enter into uh, the house of the Lord today with prayer. So if you will join with me, Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy and your grace. Father, we thank you for waking us up this morning yeah. in our right mind yeah. with the activities yeah. of our lens. We thank you because you are good yeah. all the time. Yeah. You are worthy of praise. We yes, thank you, you Father are. God, yes, that we're are. able to come here and assemble together and give you glory and give you praise to yeah. be taught of you, Lord God. Yeah. We thank you this morning. Yes, we do. We pray, Father God, that everything that is done today is done in decency and order. That you get the glory, that you get the honor, that you get the praise. That we that speak decrease and you increase, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand praise this morning. Come on and give him a hand praise this Praise you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You may be seated. We are delighted to have you here with us today. Those of you who are joining us here in the sanctuary here in San Jose, those of you who are joining us uh, via Periscope or by audio, however you're coming to us, it's, it's always good to be uh, among brothers and sisters in the Lord. And we are going to be uh, uh, provoking you to think in everything that we do in this ministry. We're going to challenge you to be better than you are or were before. We're going to challenge you. The word is going to challenge you to step into alignment so that you can move to the next level of the ministry and the destiny that God has for you. And as I was preparing for uh, today... You know, I don't have a bunch of notes together, but as I was preparing for today, I, I had a dream last night. And I want to share that with you. And you all, this is a time of giving. This is a time of sharing. So if you have offerings to give, if those of you are online, you can go to our website and there's a section for you to donate and you can donate and contribute to the ministry. Those of you here, there's a trading floor there. You can give offerings or what have you. Those are available for you now. But as I was, as I was, uh, we are at a very interesting time right now in our nation. And God is looking for those that are willing to do what he has called them to do. Amen. Those who are willing to forget about themselves. Those that are willing to put it all on the line and sacrifice for the kingdom of God. And I had a dream. And uh, as I got ready this morning... The Lord just began to reveal more and more of it to me. And so often in church, we have what we call a religious spirit. And our religious spirit is so thick that we can't even administer to people outside the doors. And so I was in this dream. I was in a place and I was uh, about to do something to uh, uh, give into this ministry, to this this actually it was a young lady that needed some college money. And I was about to enter in and give to that. And as I was doing that, I felt propelled 
Say propelled. propelled. I felt propelled to move uh, in another direction. And as I moved in that direction, I heard my name called. Now understand this. They didn't say Minister Dury. They said Dury. Sometimes we get all tied up and caught up in who we supposed to be. I'm the great bishop, this and that. They said Dury. They didn't say Minister Dury. They said Dury. Hallelujah. So I heard my name and I stopped and I walked in a direction towards where the voice was calling me. Now, I never saw the person, but I stooped down. I know the person was in a car and I started to, and I had interacted with this person, even though I didn't know them before. And I began to uh, say something like I would normally enter in and say to them in that religious vein. And this person said, cut the sugar honey iced tea. <laughs> now, you all say, oh, some of your religious minds can't even get over what I just said. That's what they told me. Cut it. And they quoted the scripture I was uh, speaking out of my mouth. Did I get offended? I listened. And as we begin to move, now understand, I'm outside of the car. I didn't really see the car, but I know there's a car there. We start heading uh, uh, to the east. And the young man started to talk. Then we turned to the south. And he began to tell me about how he used to be in church with his mother and so on. And then we turned to the west. Now, understand, if you can think about, let's just say this is the starting point. We started here. I started here. I moved over here. Then I went up to him. I went over, I went down, I went over, then I went to another point. What happened? My sphere of influence increased. My sphere of influence increased. I started here. This is where I was. I was at a place of comfort, and I moved over, and I heard the voice calling me, and I went to the voice. And when I got there, I had to confront a part of my character that was keeping me from moving into my destiny, and that was the spirit of religion. It was a spirit of religion. So I was confronted with it. I didn't go, well, you can't talk to me like that. You can't say that to me like that. I had a teachable spirit. I heard what was said, and I understood that my actions were not in alignment with what God wants for us to be able to attract people to the kingdom of God. And as this car, we, we got to this place where we, we already had went west, and we got to the point where we were going to go north, and he was ahead of me. And I was behind him. And when he got to the end there, I said to him something to the effect, I said, you haven't forgiven your mother. And as I began to walk to him, and I began to see him, and there was a person sitting over here, I don't even know, but I began to sing. Now, if you know me, I, I don't have a note. I don't have a note. But I began to sing in this beautiful baritone voice and I began to prophesy to him in my baritone voice. Let me understand, let me tell you something. When God uses you, you can do things that you didn't think was possible for you to be able to do. 
use you because when God's in you, God can do it. Now, I, I got to tell you, I tried this morning to see if I could hit that note this morning again. I tried to hit it, but it didn't happen. So forget about where you think you are at. Doesn't matter where you think you are at. When you get to your place of appointment, God will give you the strength to do what he has called you to do. You just got to step outside of, of your religious self. So what I was saying to this man, I was saying, God can. God can. God can. It wasn't that Dury can. I said, God can. God can do beyond what we think is possible to be done. God can. God can do it. God can do it. And so as we're in this time of learning the importance of giving, and we're in this time of learning the importance of order, understand that no matter what you think your limitation is, it does not matter because where God has destined you to be, he will prepare you so that you can do what he has called you to do. It doesn't matter if everybody say, oh, you just dumb, you just can't do that. It doesn't matter. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. My God is able to take me from where I was to where I am and where I need to be. So we have to change our mindset. We're going to stand and we're going to uh, pray over the offering and then our pastor is coming. And uh, we're going to first have the shofar blown. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Come on, come on, give God praise in the house. Come on and give it. I didn't say give me praise. I said give God praise in the house. Glory to God. Friday, 
we are having our first of the month prayer call. And we have some very specific assignments. We pray the last Friday of every month and the first Friday of every month, 6 o'clock p.m. on our prayer line, conference line. And so at the end of, well, this is past Friday night, we did the first one, and we are on, under assignment. The assignment for uh, Friday and this coming Friday is to pray first for men. Amen. And then secondly, we pray for our nation. And thirdly, we pray for the President of the United States of America. Did I get all that right? You got it right. Okay. So um, the main, one of the neatest things about the call was the fact that it was led off by the men. And I want to say to you publicly, I believe that you set the tone for that in such an excellent way that I honestly said, I got nothing, because you covered it so beautifully and on point. And what I saw was the power in the anointing of it because we followed the instructions. And so I'm going to ask everyone as we move forward to write down specifically what the instructions are and to pay attention to understand that the Holy Spirit is the person that will give us the prayer. Amen. We had a few moments, um, I just think, uh, I know our apostle thinks that it, it, we just want to uh, clarify. And I'm going to query you because, you see, you really did. I, I, I was so impressed with the way you allowed the Spirit of God to speak through you. And it was covering things, it was teaching um, me a different, uh, even another level of yielding to him and to not have a, a, a preconceived idea about what it is that I want to do. So do you have any pointers? Because we had a few uh, times that it got off point. Let's clarify this. And then I'd like you to just kind of give us a, a moment um, and tell us. But when we're told specifically to pray for men, I'm, I'm speaking to women, we're not talking about us right. at all. At all. So there is no need to repent. Oh, God, forgive me for the way I've mistreated men. Do that before you get on the line. I mean, by now we should have done that, right? Okay. By now we should, have, we should be in a different place. But if, if we're not, then let's get there by taking care of business during the week. Because we already know what our agenda is. It is to pray, say it with me, for yeah. men. And that means men all over the world. Oh, that's right. We yeah, love man. the men of astounding love and, 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 and all of that. But it's men all over the world. Okay? We, have, if it, we have an opportunity here. Um, Dr. Baker said something I think is very powerful. When God tells you specifically what to do, he's got plans. Right. And when we follow... We don't even know what's on the other side of that, of obedience, but it's going to be good. Okay. <laughs> the second thing is to pray for our nation. Our nation. Our nation. Uh, yeah, I, we pray for other countries, 5 a.m. and uh, Monday through Friday, and whatever other time when we're on assignment. But right now, right now we're putting the oxygen mask on for the United States of and then the third thing is to pray for our president. And so, again, that's where we're like, what do you want us to say? So tell us. What is it? Well, it, uh, when the apostle said that I would be the first to pray, 
I, I've learned something, and this has been, this will help you um, as well. I learned something from one of my previous pastors, and at times, the things I learned there, you know, the times, the way things were, they were kind of harsh. Amen. Good. But they were good for me. And one of the things that he always impressed upon us is follow the instructions as they are given. For example, uh, I understand that when I get up here on at this time, at the 945, I have 15 minutes. I don't have 16 minutes. I don't have 20 minutes. I can't say the Lord, the Spirit hit me. I have 15 minutes. Be obedient to the time. So for me, when I heard the instructions from the apostle, I cataloged them in my head. And as you heard what I prayed, I prayed specifically in the order because what I heard the apostle say, and I heard her actually say it more than one time, was we're going to pray in this order. Men, nation, president. Men, nation, president. She didn't say pray, president, men, nation. She said pray, men, nation, president. And I was very careful to hear. And as I prayed, I didn't have anything preconceived before I got on the line. The Lord gave me the words of what I needed to say. Amen. So it's important that if we're, as we're obedient, God will hear our prayers. He will hear us, but when we're out of alignment, we're not obedient, then we cannot expect God to do anything. And so often we are in positions where we're not obedient, and we wonder why God is not moving, because you haven't followed the instructions which you were given. That's right. Amen. And I think that it's, it's interesting. Um, one thing, you do have 15 minutes, except for when we're told, when we're told that right. there's more. Sometimes Dr. Bates will have that, or it's impressed upon us. So, um, he has a, 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 a two second word, you, you know. Uh, two second word. <laughs> so, basically, what happened is that we, we lost track, we weren't, we weren't tight, and we didn't just everything started, which is okay when you're praying, but not when you're specifically praying in a funnel of vision, praying for something specific. And that's what happened on Friday. That's what God, that's why when I started praying, I got kind of. We get fluttered, and what happens is, is that when we do a shotgun prayer and just go down, other people tend to get off shot off, off track also. So that's why we need to keep it tight. It's very specific. And before we even get on prayer, yeah, we should have repented. We should have already been in praise and worship. We should have already been ready and focused. You see? Yeah. And sometimes, if all you got is, I come into agreement with the prayers for the men. I agree with what has been said, Father. We thank you. The angels are released to do it. I come into agreement with the prayers that you pray, spoken about our nation. Release the angels to do it. I am in agreement with what is prayed for our president. We undergird him. We love him. We thank you, Father, for what is said. And leave it at that. And if, and if you if you miss the mark, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Just get it right next time. That's all. Listen to this. Our Metron. See, uh, uh, thank you for obeying God this morning. Okay. Our Metron 
has been expanded. We are meant. We had an opportunity, and we have one this Friday, an opportunity to do kingdom business. Do you understand? When we follow the instructions that God gives us in prayer, it's not, and God, remember you told me this, and you told me this, and you told me this. That's not prayer. Talking about your physical body and you're going to the bathroom and what you do and what you don't do, that's ranting and testifying and all of that. Do you understand? There's a time for all of that. All right? Every nationality of man, men, I should say, Okay, every nationality of men need to be prayed for. Do you understand? God is no respecter of person. And if we do what we are to do in this body, which is brought forth in the way that God has it, we have all, I mean, we have we, we have, um, we, we make sure that we are not politically correct, that we offend, I mean, that, that the word of God offends every nationality of people. <laughs> you know, from, you know, color to Mexican to Asian to white to all, all, all of us, okay? We, we, because we're, we're the body of Messiah, you understand? Yeah. But if we do what we're supposed to do, then we open things up for miracles to happen yeah. in every nationality of man. Because men open the door. Every nation is a virgin until a man comes forth. That's it. Do you understand? Every woman is a virgin until man comes forth. And if he doesn't break through, then there is no birth. Do you understand? If he does not break through, and if he does not release the seed, the seeds that God has to be released. There is no birth. There is no pregnancy. There is no life. Do you understand? So we have to do it the way God says to do it. And, and uh, I'm so glad that God has given us an opportunity to, you know, to come forth and to do what we're supposed to do. Yeah. It's not, uh, in, in, in these prayers, your name, you, your situation should not even be mentioned. Because in prayer like this, what we're doing is that we're agreeing with something that God wants done. We're about kingdom business. Do you understand that? We're ambassadors. You don't have your own voice. I don't have my own voice. It's just like right now. I never intended to come up here. But if men 
I'm talking about male men, not female men that came out of man and all of that stuff. That's totally irrelevant. When we go into prayer for men, it is about men. We will not, what we do as a body, what we do as a body, as astounding love, is to let the, to let heaven, to let principalities, to let the devil, to let everybody know that men will not walk castrated. Do you understand? Yes. A castrated man cannot bring forth anything. There is no seed. Okay, okay, I'll tell it. God gave me a vision a long time ago. And uh, uh, people don't, I mean, you know, a lot of times, at any rate, whatever. Here was this vision. I was in, um, um, I, I, was, I, was, I was walking, same time he gave me the vision. I was in Atherton, California. I was doing a walk. And he had given me a vision of, um, of a man that was in leprosy. And all the different parts fell off. And everybody was worshiping the way that they want to worship. And I said, Lord, what is this? And he says, everybody is doing their own thing. This is what the body of, this is the body of Christ. Everybody is doing their own thing, their own way. And so there's no power there. And then he gave me a vision. And there was this great big penis. And it was limp. And I'm looking and I'm thinking, devil, get behind me. But God says, this is me. And I said, <laughs> he says, what is this? He says, what, what do you see wrong with this? And, and it was as if it just, bloop, bloop, you know, plop up and plop down. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm old, so I can talk like this. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you know, that's why it gives me the vision. Right, Sharon? We can talk like we're supposed to talk. Right, Helen? We can, we can say what we're supposed to say. Okay. He gives me this thing, and, and he, you know, and it just plops, plops, plops down. He said, what's wrong with this? I said, it has no blood in it. There's no power. It can't do anything. Can it, can, can, can it take authority over anything? Can it impregnate? It can't rape. It can't do anything. It can't do. It can't get rid of anything. It's just there. And he says, "This is the way the body is." And I'm, 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 he's he's releasing this right now. Okay, this other part right now. He says, "Until this man, which is identified, you see, one of the things that." that is trying to happen now is to take the identity of the man with the penis away and to create everything that's supposed to be a man. Do you understand? That's one of the identifying and the qualifying parts of a man. Do you understand? That's one of the things that qualifies. And without that, without the blood, without the strength, without the power, without the voice, it will never, ever have the friction that it needs in order to bring forth the seed. It will never bring things to a climax. Jesus could have come in any form that he wanted to, but he came in the form of a man. I am a strong woman. I know that. 
But that's not what's called to be forth. And we are not here to preach a contemporary gospel. Because even in that word, it's contempt. And right now, in this nation and in every other nation, men are represented as contemptible. And so we will pray the way God has given us to pray, and we will do our job. We will not back off. And we will not pray our own things. And we will not pray no wimpy, no wimpy uh, uh, behind prayers. I caught it. I caught it. You saw that. I caught it. <laughs> so I'll shut up. Seed to follow in Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.
We also have, Daniel has friends. <laughs> um, would you all stand up, please? We have guests in the house. Yes, family. And John. And Chris. And Chris. Welcome. Welcome. We release the blessings of this house. Your lives will never be the same. You will came in one way, but you will leave transformed. And for those that are joining us online, we also thank you for joining. And you can take hold of the blessings that are released because. God is, is good like that. Yes. Uh, so, welcome to Astounding Love, a global church fellowship. That's our name. Hallelujah. A global church fellowship. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love that. Yes. What does that tell me? There's other church fellowships under that umbrella. Glory to God. So, we're going to talk about, uh, this is Biblical Solutions for Life, Session 1. And we are going to... In this session, we're going to talk about the culture of the kingdom of God and the power of a changed life, which is um, what we see as our titles. Now, my the pointing I'm doing is on victorious kingdom living, so we should be there, okay. And victorious kingdom living, I'm going to take it from things that our apostle has been releasing over the last uh, month or so, two, about two, three months now. And she talks, has been speaking in the early, in the first session, about being a game changer as opposed to all of the other things. And then in the second session, she talks about uh, not, no compromise. We're actually going to kind of combine those, those words. We're going to talk about change, being a game changer, having a life change. But I, I, I'm going to pull something in that just kind of sets it up for a spike for the second half. Because we're going to talk experiencing the power of a changed life. I'm going to go through some of these slides pretty quick. And a couple of other ones we're going to camp on. You can go ahead and turn in your Bibles to John chapter 8. Because there's something there that we need to begin the extraction. We will not get everything in the session. But we will get enough um, for this to set us up, yes, for the second um, session of Biblical Solutions for Life. To take us through the week. And then to be able to come back next week and really start to open some things up. So when I talk about experiencing the power of a changed life. We're going to talk specifically about what we're calling kingdom game changers. And it all has to do with how you think. Say how, how I, I think, think makes a difference. It makes a difference. Kingdom game changers think like Jesus. And the world uses the expression game changers, in game, this, that, and the other. They've got all kinds of different things that are said. But what we're talking about is the transformation of the, the, the thing that people think of as their reality, this ordinary life that is powerless, that has them defeated, that has them uh, sometimes conquered by sickness and disease, and has infiltrated even the church in such a way that we talk sometimes like the world. And even have been duped into thinking they have the better expressions. They're not cooler than Jesus. <laughs> Without Jesus, there is no cool. Come on. Okay. That's right. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a total fan girl. Uh, I, I can be very, uh, when I 
when my cartoons come on and the good fight or the fight sessions happen and I'm watching the sports movies and we're to the part finally where they're going to do the takedown, I am like any sport person that you see when your team is playing. I, I'm all up in front of the television. I've seen the films over and over, seen those scenes over and over, and I get excited about it every single time because there's something about victory. Yes. Yes. You see, there's something about when the enemy is defeated. Yes. Who he, and he already is. But when we get to participate in the freedoms of li of life or, or the liberty of somebody else, that gets that's an adrenaline rush to me. Right. And I, I just find it to be like, wow. So here's the thing: Kingdom game changers think like Jesus, and that's how Jesus thinks. Take it down, demolish, destroy. Think I'm kidding? It's in Jeremiah. This is what I want you to do. Take it down. Tear it up. Rip it up. Uproot it. Cut its head off. Knock it out. Destroy the works of the devil. Root out. You see? So God is totally into it. And I just think the angels are like, oh, he's so cool. We need to do this. You know? When we speak the things that the Bible says to say, then there's all the forces of of, of the glory of God, the, the, the heavens that, that flow out of us and into the atmosphere. And so to think like that at all times, to think, hey, when I speak, it makes a difference. Yeah. When I say what God said, I can, let's be California, I can totally change this <laughs> situation. <laughs> this gendered thing, this this Goliath, this Goliath, we can totally take him down. Isn't that how David thought? David changed it. I can totally take him down. To me, he's nothing more than a lion or a bear. We have to change the way we see the presentations of evil and cease to believe that they are more powerful than God. The only times we have ever seen what we think of as a, as a defeat or, or it looks like the devil won. Any place where it looks like the devil won is because one of us did not speak up. Because I cannot recall, and there will never, they will never find, and neither will anybody else, any place where Jesus was that Satan won. Come on. Right. So what that tells me is if there's an absence of the presence of Christ, then I can see how darkness prevails. But when we show up and we speak what he said, there are many more for us than there are against us. That's the way we think as a kingdom game changer because Jesus thinks like God. And God does not ever think he's defeated. God does not think like a quitter God, I mean, come on, consider this. When God looks at us, he does not look at us with dislike. He does not look at us with disdain. No, he and a kingdom game changer understands that we are the apple of his eye. How do I know? Because Jesus believed that. He said in, what is it, John 17, I want them to know your love like I know your love. Because you love me from the beginning. You love you some me. And that is how we've heard our own apostle 
talk about how God loves his baker baby. That's the way you think to change things. A defeated person says, well, I don't know if God is really pleased with me right now. So in all of that type of stuff, you understand? Those words don't come out of our mouths That's because right. Jesus right. never said them. That's right. Are you getting the connection? This is important, and you will be tested. <laughs> all things are possible with the right wisdom. The right wisdom comes from God, the righteousness of God, the goodness of God, the abilities of God. What is the righteousness? It's the presence of God making things right. Yes. Taking, getting, um, uh, eliminating the wrongs. What are wrongs in life? Sickness, disease, poverty, murder, backbiting, gossip, unforgiveness, bitterness. These are the wrongs of life. They're destructive to the human frame, to the mind, to the will, to the emotions, to every aspect of your living. Those are the wrongs of life. And those are the things that we do not embrace, nor do we allow them to lead us. This is not what would Jesus do. It's Jesus in me. What do you want to do? Amen. Because right. we're going to do what he does. Right. Because we're what? His body. Right. What would Jesus do? Destroy the works of the devil. Speak sickness and disease. Knock out the, uh, the works of darkness. Uh, show the kingdom. Release the power. Release the love. Forgive. Walk in the power of an anointing with Holy Spirit. Pray. Speak. So that's what we do. With the right wisdom. God's right wisdom corrects what is wrong. And I love this quote from Dr. Baker, and I'll probably be using it forever. <laughs> you may have been born wrong, but you weren't created that way. That's right. And again, that opens something up for me. This speaks to, well, yes, hope so-and-so was born with a deformity, or their heart was bad, or this was this, or this was this. You may have been born wrong, but you weren't created that way. So what does that mean? That means from the beginning, it was not so. Therefore, the things that are seen can be changed in the right yes, way. That's, right. that's what I learned. Because it's like, well, I, you know, this is hereditary. It may be hereditary because of sin entering the world, but it's not hereditary according to from the beginning when God sent. Right. So correction goes all the way back, all the way back to before sin ever entered the world, the right way. The righteousness way of God means I can speak from the kingdom position, just as Jesus did, to correct the things that, that we see. Remember, uh, I think it's John 9, where they asked him, who, was, who, who sinned, the man's mother or father, with the man that was born blind? He was born blind. He was born that way. Therefore, that's it. He's doomed. Nope, there's no sight, no chance. Nothing we can do. The kid was born this way, and he will live this way forever. But the things that are seen are subject to change. The word of God is eternal. That is not God's final word. But the world teaches coping mechanisms. Here is how we will deal with this thing. No, what we're going to do is destroy the thing. That's right, right? There's no illegitimate children. No illegitimate children. <laughs> Do you understand? So there are things that you believe about yourself right now that are not true. 
things people told you. Oh, you just, you'll have a learning disability. You're just not able to learn. That's a lie. It's a straight up lie. Oh, this, oh, this, oh, this, oh, this. This is, this is what, this is just the way it's been in our family. This is this, this is this. No, no. It stops now. Because, and then what we're going to do, we're going to press the, the family into the, into the forwardness, if you will, of destiny. And we're going to destroy the works of darkness that have always dictated the way that we live and this world lives. Oh, I just feel so helpless. Well, then you've got to get off your feelings and get into the word. There you go. Okay. That's what we're looking at. So I want you to look these scriptures up. We Some of these slides we looked at last week and we'll look at it again next week. But this is really important. Matthew 19, 8, Mark 11, 22 through 24, where Jesus said, have God's faith, have the faith of God, have God's faith. And then speak to the impossible situations. Have God's faith and speak. Well, I spoke and it didn't happen. Baby, since you're just starting out, let me give you some advice. Keep speaking. That's right. Keep speaking. It's the process of building faith on the inside of you. Because when you first said it, most of the time, I'm like, well, let's just see if it works. (laughs) And it didn't work. See? What what was the point of that? So say it again. I said it again, and still nothing's happening. What if you had to say it 600 times? Or if you had to say it for 10 years straight? Ah, 10 years is just too long. You're going to live that 10 years with it or without it. Right. Now, if for 10 years you've got an issue going on in your life, but you speak to it every day, and one day it hits you, bless God, this thing is done. The, when the, the moment it comes out of your mouth, that time is the first time. That's right. And it eliminates everything. But it may have taken you that long to move past all of your moods, emotions, attitudes, judgments, criticisms, angers, and so forth and so on. But I'm going to tell you something. Whatever it took the longest to do the first time, nothing takes that long after that. Because there's faith now. No, I know I can move a mountain. I know that this sickness will come. I know this. I know. People say, well, we pray for them and they die. Keep praying for the ones they're living. That's right. It's going to kick in. It has to. It's the kingdom. Okay. So from the beginning, this is, and, and let me say this too. When you don't know and you just hope, many things that we call prayers of faith are hope. It's expressions of hope. There's no faith in it. There's no faith in it. I'll get into that some more. And so, you know, well, I, I, I believed God when? I believed him for what he said or you believed him for what you wanted. And there is a fine line between it. He says, I hasten over my word to perform it. Yes, yes. Which kind of makes me think we perform ours. <laughs> And we know how good we are at that. Okay. So the scripture, Jesus said this when he was praying um, in John 17, which I mentioned before. I said to go to John 8. I want to read something in John 8, but let's go ahead and flip over to uh, chapter 17 first. Or you can just read it on this uh, slide here. Jesus said in verse 20, John um, chapter 17, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Through their word. That's us. 
those that will believe on me through the words of testimony, the words that have been written, that have been spoken, that God said, the preaching of the king, the gospel of the kingdom of God. Those we came in through that. So he's talking specifically, he's praying for those for not only for those that have uh, are that are alive in Christ, but not living on the earth anymore. But for those of us who shall believe on me, he says, through their word. And that's the generations that come behind us or the people that come behind us that believe on him because of what we said. Because we said, we say what he said. It isn't just your opinion about him, which is why there's so many people that go to church that are not saved. Okay. They think they are, whether they're standing in from a pulpit to the back of the room, they go to church, but they have never received the king on the inside. And that's why, because they have no root of truth. And it's only truth that will bring you into the kingdom. It is only what God said that will transform your life according to his will. And we, what we do here is we say what he said. And so there is no, there, you know, we, we have to correct ourselves when we go, well, I, I've been teaching that for the longest time, but the word of God does not support it. So there's accountability. There is, there is a constant hunger and desire to be changed, transformed by the word of God, to allow the word to have it, to dwell in us richly and to have its power coursing through us to transform us from the inside out, which then changes the atmosphere that we're in. We have to constantly, you have, as the minister said earlier, um, we haven't arrived. I I got a, I got a this, or I have a title, or I have an office, or I have a, I got the car, I got the the preacher clothes and the preacher, uh, (laughs) you know, I got the preacher thing and, 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 and I get the preacher privileges of, you know, going to meetings and sitting on the front couple of rows or whatever. That don't make you saved. That don't make you powerful. That don't make you any, and it sure doesn't up your value in the kingdom. It really doesn't. Or aspiring to, 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 to do all of that. It's the word that transforms us. It's the transforming power of the word of God that grants us in the realm of the spirit expanded metrons and ability to pray things that like you've never prayed before with the faith that you've never exercised before and the expectation to see it happen and it does and when it does you look at it from god's perspective and call it good amen because that's how he does it that's right awesome so jesus said i pray that all that they all may be one this is his heart i don't want you to be divided by wrong beliefs that's where division comes from Believing wrong about the righteousness of God or what God says. That's a division. Well, I don't see it that way. Well, God does. So somebody's going to have to change how they see. Wait for it. (laughs) Ding! Oh, that would be me. That's right. Got it? Okay. So that they all may be one as you, Father are in me and I am in you. That's the oneness that we are in him as he is in the father and the father is in him that they also may be one in us that the world may believe. So he said, the world will believe that you have sent me through these, these, this, this evidence right here, 
the transformation of a life is one of the most powerful testimonies you've ever seen. When you see someone that you think you know based upon all their craziness, and they are clothed and sitting in their right mind, it scares the devil right out. <laughs> Mark chapter 5, read about it. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> he says, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them. So the glory has been given. The glory that you gave me, I have given them. Okay. That they may be one, yes. even as we are one. So yes. it's great when we say, oh, the glory, the glory, the glory, but it's for oneness. Oh, yes. It is right. a purpose that we will be one in him, that he's exalted, Amen. that he's lifted up. That his word is the word that matters. That his word, his direction, is the direction that we follow. That we say what he said, even when we feel like he ain't said nothing. Right? Wow. Okay. All right. Like 4.45 a.m.? <laughs> Did you say 5 a.m., God? Because are there any exceptions to this? I see. Is there any other way? <laughs> yes, there is, but you don't want to go that way. We only go the way of obedience. So he said this, so that I and them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one. I and them and you in me. So we got two plus one, and we have Father, Son, Holy Spirit. <laughs> what a bargain. He paid the price. You understand? So that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and has loved them as you have loved me. There's this John 3, 16. Father, I will that they also, this is the will. Well, you, do you know the will of God? Jesus said this, I will that they also who you have given me be with me where I am, seated in heavenly places in him. Father answered his prayer. He said, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me. You loved me before the foundation of the world. Yes. That's what he prayed. I want them with me. I, I, I love these people so much. For you so loved the world, he said. He told this to Nicodemus. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. But you know what happened? The son so loved the world that he gave his life. Yeah. yeah. And oh, got up again. Yes, 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 yes. You see? That he shed his blood. Because the love of the father was in him. Yeah. And so he expressed the love of the father. The love that he had before he ever came. Keep going. He said, Father, I will that they also, he's praying for us who you have given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me. O righteous Father, verse 25, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known that you have sent me. So see, they understand my testimony is that I know the Father and that what I express is how he thinks and what he said and what he wants. I think like him because I know him 
I just had an example of that that just flowed out of me today. And I just find it exciting because of learning to submit to my leader, to my apostle in such a way that I can follow the thinking. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so when you were getting ready to say the example of the seed, I got it. And it was like, I, yeah, you got to say it. You got to say it. That is not, that is not, I, this is different from trying to act like you know what somebody's going to say. Oh, I know what you're going to say. I know, I, I, don't, I, I can't say that. But I can say that by the spirit, as yes, she stood yes, here yes, today, yes. and as that she uttered the sentence before, and it just, psh, I saw that she was, <laughs> I knew, like I have never known before, that this was the direction that the, that the heart of God, that the spirit of the Lord wanted her to take. And so in that moment, I knew her. Do you understand? I knew her. I, yeah. In that moment, I could say, I know her. Not I know her habits. Not I know her, oh, she don't like that. or she don't. No, 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 no. That her heart was so pliable in the hands of the king that it was exposed for our viewing if we had eyes to see. And so in that moment, I knew that the heart of the father, the heart of the king, and the heart of his daughter are one. Amen. And I knew by being submitted to that. You with me? This is a supernatural thing. And it is the way of the kingdom. This is why Jesus kept asking him, have I really been with you this long? And you're still trying to know me by flesh and blood. You're going to have to know me by the spirit because there's more to me than what you say. That's what he was saying. So here he says, I've known you, and these have known that you have sent me. And I have declared unto them your name and will declare it. I have declared it and will declare it. I have declared it and will declare it. Okay? I have declared unto them your name, and I will declare it that the love wherewith you have loved me may be in them and I. In them, he kept saying, and I in them, your love in them. What is he saying? Your love for them, your love for me is in them, and I am in them to interpret that love to fulfill it because I think like you, and as game changers, we think like him. Do you dare to think like God? I dare not. Do anything else. That's it. That's it. That's what he said. That's it. That's it. So what does it take to do all that? I love that line. I really do. It takes consistency. It takes consistency. Let me read John chapter eight, and then we're gonna we're gonna look at these others because I, I want to get this in here, and then we'll it's going to just kind of permeate seed that is being planted for our ability to hear the word. That uh, about compromise and to also to walk in this to begin to do what we were born to do. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. <laughs> John chapter 8, verse 31. Said Jesus, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, to the Jews that believed. He spoke it to the one. This is very key. 
He spoke this to the ones that believed, which means he entrusted them with the treasure of the world. Trusting, since you believe, this is something to add to your arsenal. This is something to add to your belief that will expand you, that will, will energize you, that will take you places, give you insights that you will need because of what your calling is. Okay, he said, if you continue in my word, that's what makes you my disciple in your actions. This word, what is the consistency? The word of God, staying in this word, speaking this word, reading this word, loving this word, embracing this word, devouring this word, being transformed by this word, being read by this word, and aligning with this word. I didn't say memorize Bible scriptures. That just makes us boring. It really does. You know, and anybody that just, oh, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, that's not the right conversation. Do you understand? It's being the living word who is our Yeshua. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among them. Your flesh in and of itself is not evil. It's just some of the places we've taken it and done with it. Okay. He says, let that therefore abide in you. Some people are going to have a five, four, three. Oh, I see what she meant. Okay. Let that therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you shall also continue in the Son and in the Father. I could have put it under the word continue, but I want to be consistent. He said, let, it, let that which is in you, which you've heard from the beginning. If you have heard from the beginning, let it remain in you so that you will also continue in the Son and in the Father. See, there's a speaking, it's speaking of consistency because to let something work in you that way. You have, uh, I'll give you an example. What do you mean, let it work in me? Anybody ever be, have, has anyone in here ever been offended? Everybody can raise their hands or not, it's up to you. Okay. Or walked in a, a, an offense that led to a place of unforgiveness. Yes. And then somebody told you that you had to forgive. Or you got offended even by something like was said today and tried to justify in your mind all the reasons why you were misunderstood. Self-defense, right? Okay, see, you just didn't understand, and I just need to explain it to you. No, actually, you don't need to explain it to me at all. You need to get it out of you. Right? That's right. Because it's going to keep playing. Why? Yes. Because you're letting it abide. And he said, and if it abides, this is, this is the principle, this is a spiritual principle. If you let offense abide in you, which you heard from the beginning, let those words of offense that you heard from the beginning abide in you, uh, it will remain in you. And you'll continue not in the sun, but in the dark and in the devil. Because it's a principle. He's saying, if this is your source, then this is what will happen. But if you have a different source that you're feeding on, if this sickness stays in your head, if this happens, if this happens, consistency. We've, done, we've been consistent our whole lives, but sometimes in the wrong direction. Okay, so this is why he's like, I'm speaking consistency in the word, consistency in what God has said. 
And then the next thing is continually. So consistently, continually. You want to write those down, trust me. Okay? Um, he says, till I come. Give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, the teachings, the teachings, the teachings. Why? Doctrine is the teachings about what you believe. If you, you know, what you believe one way or another, the wrong teachings or the true teachings. There's either the doctrine of deception, doctrine of truth. But he says, do not neglect the gift which is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things, give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. It's going to be seen. It's going, if you're doing it, it's going to be seen. Many of you look very fit and healthy to me here. <clears throat> but if you were like ginormous and you say to somebody, well, I'm going on a weight thing. I'm going to, you know, give them health. And six months go by and they haven't seen you. And you've been doing something but you haven't been consistent and continual. <laughs> then typically what happens when you run into them is they say, so how's that diet working? <laughs> I've been asked that so many times. <laughs> and I said to myself, and I said it out loud to them, if you have to ask evidently, you do not see <laughs> Now that's room for offense right there. I just got on the scale and they said I lost half a, a quarter of a, 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 a pound. And these jokers got the nerve to ask me how it's going. Can't you see? After six months. It's probably the very last part of whatever it was that you had dropped that you haven't gained back. But a win is a win. Wrong. Okay. So continually, it's going to be seen, he said, that <laughs> meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Everybody will see. Then no, nobody will have to ask. They'll tell you. Come on. That's the difference. How do you know it's working? People tell you what they see. Come on. If we're going, I've changed. I've, I've, had, I've had a whole different attitude. Well, keep keep working on it because when they will agree with you, right now, I'll take your word for it, son. Take your word for it, all right? Uh, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. You'll release sanity, clarity, Power, healing, prosperity. On and on it goes. The atmosphere around you. People want to be around you. People come here, not just the blue chair people, but uh, more and more gather every week. You know why? Because they want this transforming power, and we dare to challenge the lie. Yeah. We do. We don't tolerate it. You heard what our apostle said. That's a standard for us. This church prays for men. Amen. This church will not allow the disempowerment or the uh, uh, any of that other. You got it? Yeah. Okay. 
in doing this, we save both ourselves and those who hear. They'll be saved from a lot of things. So consistency, right? Mm -hmm. What's the second one? Continually. And the third one is daily. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to preach, to teach and preach Jesus Christ. And if you teach and preach Jesus Christ, you teach and preach the message of the kingdom of God. Amen. Because he did. He still does. So it's daily, consistently, continually, daily. I'm talking about something called immersion. Total immersion into the kingdom, life, and culture. Yes. Not going swimming. He's dressed nice. Total immersion into kingdom, life, and culture. That's what's happening here. That's what we focus on here. So we're going to do it how? Oh, it's just... Read the whole Bible. I mean, you know, I used to think if you just did something like that, you could get the whole, or put it here. I need it here. I really do. I need it here. But really, it was here. Because this is where it works internally. And then it's seen everywhere else. But how do we do it? Well, remember, we're game changers. So we do it one game-changing thought at a time. One at a time. What we're going to be doing over the course of... Uh, that I'm, I'm assigned the, the session. So over the weeks uh, to come, we're going to be attacking one thought at a time and going through a transformation. I'll, I'll talk more about that most likely next week. I want to mention something about John chapter 8. I'm pretty sure I have it uh, coming up. Um, go to the next slide. It says, have the mindset that is your life-changing power. To be a game changer, you have to have, you, our lives are changed. And that means that you have to have the power to do so. So we want the mindset that is life-changing power. Life-changing for kingdom, if you will. And there's different ways to say it. Next time, you'll probably see it said a little different because I just reuse these and, and say different things. But here it is. Kingdom beliefs and ideologies shape my wisdom, my knowledge, my understanding, and my insight, which equips my spirit to control my feelings, emotions, attitude, behavior, and habits. Kingdom beliefs. Not any other kind of beliefs. Not beliefs about the world. Not beliefs about your skin or your ethnicity. Not beliefs about the limitations that others have put upon you because of your age or your education. Not those beliefs. The beliefs that you have had about yourself, about your life, about God's failure to show up, and all of these beliefs are affecting, are wrecking, are jacking up your life. Yeah. Every wrong belief leads to a crash, a collision with darkness. Wow. Only kingdom beliefs turn the light on. Yeah. Only kingdom yeah. beliefs and ideologies can give you the wisdom from above instead of the earthly, sensual, and devilish wisdom. Yeah. Only kingdom <laughs> knowledge. Only kingdom understanding gives you the insights into this word that allow you to reach things from the unseen realm and bring them into the seen realm. Only, you understand? Only, only, only from the kingdom. Only the word of God. That's right. There is no other truth. There are a lot of lies and deceptions that people call truth, but there is only one truth. 
One spirit of truth, his name is Holy Spirit, who is in us. Anything else, anything else, whether you believe it about yourself or about others, you can change, but they can't. Right. That's a lie. It's a lie. And if they change for the worse, they can change back. Your words will help with that. So kingdom beliefs, all right? Kingdom beliefs. This is the mindset that is my life-changing power. This is the mindset that is our life-changing power. Our beliefs and ideologies, which a mindset is what? Your beliefs, a set of beliefs and ideologies. It's a very same slide. It's a very same slide that we have seen. And it got to me. It really got to me. It's like, I get it. I suddenly get it. Uh, this happened, when was it, about a month or so ago. Oh, I have the right to choose my source of beliefs. But if I want to win, they've got to be the same source for every belief, for every ideology, not this lie people tell, well, you know, I'm good at this, but I'm not good at that. What does that mean? It means I like doing this, but I hate that. So I'm good at this, but that's what it means. I'm too lazy to take on a challenge. I feel intimidated by something in the earth. Whoa! See it? It means your thinking is stinking. It's wrong. It's wrong. Whoa. But until we start Whoa. exposing it that way, we expose it, I'm just going through life, going through life, just doing life. Well, don't do life, do kingdom. <laughs> okay? Do kingdom life. That's it. So Jesus said to the 12, will you also go away? It's a funny scripture to put after what I just said, right? He said, will you go away? Also go away. And Simon said, uh, Lord, <laughs> To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that you are that Christ, the Son of the living God. You see, this is a process right here. Uh, (laughs) To whom shall we go? Because we thought about it. The others, remember, Jesus had just been talking to them about what they considered to be hard things. And so many stop following him after he's like, drink his blood and do this. What is he? You know, thinking the way the pagans think. It's a very same thing. Oh, yeah. See, oh, that's yeah. how the pagans thought. Oh, they're cannibalistic. Or they're, which was really hip- hypocritical. Because if the demons that they served had called for it, they would have done it. But because of this one, standing here saying something that challenged all those things. They said, no, 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 oh, no, this is, this is too much. This is offensive. And they wanted to continue in the darkness. They didn't want to make the leap onto the other side. So Peter said, to whom will we go? See, we've been there. We've done all those other things. We, we've lived that depraved life. We've, we've walked in this darkness. We've been raped by it. We've been castrated. We've been cut. And we don't want to go back to that. He says, you have the words of eternal life. One source. One source for eternal life. This is what Peter said. You have the words. Nobody else has them. 
There's no other source for the words of eternal life except what you've said. And he said, and so we believe. Now, he spoke for everybody. We believe and are sure that you are that Christ, the son of the living God. Yes. We're sure of this. Are you sure of that? Because see, once that surety comes, I'm convinced this is the heritage that came through or the inheritance, if you will, that came through Abraham. It said that he was fully persuaded yes. that what God has said, God is able to perform. Peter said, we believe and are sure, we are fully persuaded that you are the Christ. We are fully persuaded that you are the son of the living God. And that changes your dynamics completely. It gives you an ability to stand. Luke 8, or uh, John chapter 8, what we read, verse 31 I read, verse 32, Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It shall transform you into the freedom that comes as, as a citizen of the kingdom. But, but you see, what he was really saying is, it gives you a place to stand. And it enables you when the persecution comes to be able to stand for what I said because you believe the truth. Why do people fall away? Because they don't know the truth. They don't know the truth. They're taught all kinds of happy, peppy, be, be filled with um, peanut butter and popcorn kind of stuff. They're taught about being a nice person and getting along with everybody else. That is not the truth of the kingdom. Remember, John got beheaded. Jesus got crucified. This is what happens with the kingdom message. But those were for what? For the glory of the Father. We stand in what he said so that this world does not go to the destruction that Satan wants it to. That's right. That's right. But it only happens, our ability to stand, withstand what your husbands or wives or children or co-workers or Facebook people or whatever it is. There is this thing on there called unfriends. You can do that. Um, truth enables us to withstand political lies truth causes us to call to, to question instead of trying to answer as though we were on trial truth puts the lie on the witness stand and exposes it you understand it isn't a thing for you to have to defend what you believe. You use what you believe to expose what they say. That's how it works from your position of power. See, the kingdom dominion mindset works from the inside, and it flows into the earth. And all these scriptures are speaking to them. Your word is, uh, have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. This is how I find my way. Um, Acts 17, 22, go ahead and turn there. We've got about 20 something minutes. So um, I want, I may have to push past a few. In fact, I, I will, or we'll just uh, come back to it. So Acts 17 though is, is um, this is where it says, I believe it's in David's search. Oh no, this is, Acts 17 is where Paul came among them and saw the sign that said to the unknown God. And he let him know, okay, I know who that is. 
the one that you, you you're, you're religious enough to, you know, to put a sign up to the unknown God, but I know who he is. And so let me, let me just tell you something about him. He says, um, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship, him I will declare unto you. You see, you're doing it to cover a base, which means your worship is not based in truth. And if it's not based in truth, it doesn't have substance, and it opens no doors, and it takes you nowhere. This is really good. So he says, uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for your agreement. He says, whom you ignorantly worship, him I will declare. God that made the world and all things therein see that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwells not in temples made with hands, and he's not worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he gives to all life and breath and all things. And he has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. There is a scripture, okay, Acts 17, 26. And he has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord if haply they might feel after him, grope and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. He said, even as certain of your poets, but this is the point. In him, the dominion, and I want you to read all of those. I'll, I'll give you those. Uh, some, some of these slides I will put up for you. Psalm 1 on the website. Psalm 119, 70, 12, Acts 17, 22 31, and all the rest. I'll put this slide up on, on the website by tomorrow so you'll be able to get it. Um, the point is to be, let's go on. The point is to be God inside minded. That's what all those scriptures that were on, on the previous slide, that's what that did. So that you will let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And as many as are mature, have his mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, that God there should be capitalized, he will reveal even this to you. Philippians 2.5 and Philippians 3.15. So what is he saying? This is the mind that you need. This, this is the mind that you need. God's mind. God's thinking. God's word, God's way, God's righteousness, God's truth. Are you getting it? In everything, in everything, it's him. Everything is him. Okay, let's keep going. You can activate your ability to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth, to subdue the, uh, the earth, and exercise spiritual dominion over everything in the earth that Jesus does. And we do it from the inside. That's it. That's from it. the inside. That's it. See, the picture comes from the inside, not the outside. Praise you, Jesus. We speak from above, where our conversation and kingdom citizenship comes from. This is the source of our in earth as in heaven power and authority. And remember, it's and God said, this is Genesis 1, and it became what he said. See, it became what he said because he said it. Right. He saw it and he called it into order and it obeyed what he said. That's the power that we have. Yeah. That we say and it becomes what we say. So we say only what he said. By faith, we believe this. It takes faith to believe it. Hebrews 11.3 says that by faith we understand 
that the worlds were framed. They were fashioned, they were put in order, they were equipped for their intended purpose by, it says the word of God, by what God said. By what, it didn't happen any other way. It happened because he said it. You happened because he said it. So therefore, wherever we feel ordinary, you know, not even a superhero, not even a superhero in our, uh, mild-mannered reporter persona, but you just feel ordinary, you're not, because God says so. You may feel it, but that doesn't make it true. It just makes it what you feel. When you say it, it becomes the deception that you call truth. But it's not true. You go, well, you have your truth and I have my truth. No, I have his truth, you have a lie. Because the devil don't tell the truth. So, you know, I have the devil. No, you don't have his truth because he don't have any truth. He doesn't have any. It's not, Jesus said if he's a liar and the truth is not in him. See how he lied? Made you think that he was, I'm telling you the truth. You can't tell me the truth. It's not even you can't handle the truth. You ain't got no truth. Tell him that. Things seem impossible with the wrong wisdom. This wisdom of the earthly, sensual, devilish, uh, we'll just go ahead and put both of them there. This earthly, sensual, devilish wisdom promotes works of darkness, living from the emotional, soulish room, and cultivates a deceived mindset. But the wisdom that does not descend from above, uh, it stems from the demonic influence on the earth. That's where it comes from. So it's a lie, straight up a lie. And we're going to skip this next one. Um, because it just talks about shaping, and we'll go here. Again, your kingdom inside, or God inside mindset, is, read it, the set of what? And cherish, stop right there. But did you cherish, cherish, not a song from the association from the 1960s. Wait for it. Cherish is the words I use to describe all the feelings that I have hiding from Hearing me inside. Okay. I love it. Cherish all the feelings that I have. That was a black song, right? No. David Cassidy sang it and the association sang it. I just have Now we know why we didn't know it, right? (laughs) You don't know how many times I wish that I had taught you. That's okay. Go ahead and finish preaching. Thank you. Because I can sing. Okay. Okay. But do you understand that biblical truths that you believe and cherish is a key to cherishing biblical truths in every aspect of your lives, especially where you currently do not believe. Because see, there are pockets of unbelief that have worked against us. Through us. About our children or our finances. I mean, we can, you know, the big ones. So just move from that. Let's go on. The kingdom dominion mindset empowers me. And this is another scripture, Philippians 2, 5 through 16. When I let the mind that was also in Christ Jesus be in me, then kingdom beliefs and ideologies shape my wisdom. This is how it happens. So what I said earlier, um, this is what we have, but how do we get it? By allowing the mind of Christ to dwell in us and to become the only mind 
we think through, right? And see through and hear through, processing the things, you know, because he says, pay attention to how you're hearing. Because a lot of times you're only hearing like I hear. You're not hearing what I said. If you don't hear what I said, you're not hearing like I hear. That's what he's telling us. So I'm asking this question, and we'll go through these. I have 16 minutes. Let's see how we do. Okay. <laughs> what is it? And we're going to go through a lot of these again next week. What is your current source for your beliefs and wisdom? I asked that question before. And most of us will say, well, over here is like this. Over here, mm, still under construction. Anybody play the video games where you go room after room to decorate it and stuff like that? You know, I do. You get to make up words or spell out words, and then you get the points to go and you know, get a sofa and clean out this, and you get to decorate each room one at a time, okay? Uh, hey, it's a, it's a switch from the crying ones. But this is how we actually can be. It's like those games where you've got all these rooms needing refurbishing, rehabbing. Um, they need to be cleaned out and, and, and put to rights. And so here you have a belief, even though this is not the way your salvation came, but it's the way that sometimes we have handled it. See, he came, the Holy Spirit came in to clean out everything. But if you've ever watched one of those shows where they're trying to redo the person's house and they just keep holding on to the junk. Oh, no, you don't understand. I've had that torn up cotton since, you know, or whatever it happens to be. That's what I think we've done many times. Because there's certain offenses that we like. There's certain things that we like to believe about people because it justifies certain, the, 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 the sensual feeling that we have um, over self-pity or, you know, whatever it is that we're feeling that gets us an audience and we like the power of it, even though it's a dark power. And so I, for that, you don't need, God doesn't need to fix it because I'm Okay. But you're not. But we're not. Let's go into this one. Remember, a deceived mindset, this messed up tree, beliefs and ideologies, because it works on both sides. It's a principle here. Um, rooted in the earth curse culture will twist your wisdom and knowledge and understanding and insight, and it will equip your spiritual feelings, emotions, attitudes, behavior, and habits to conform to the ways of this world. When Romans tells us very clearly, be not conformed to this world, but be, uh, but be renewed by the, or transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is what conforming to the world looks like. Keep going. A deceived mindset. And we talked about the symptoms led by deep feelings and emotions, walking according to the soulless war. And basically, your darkened understanding and words that keep saying things like you just don't understand, you just don't understand, you just don't understand is a protection. Yeah, it's yes, a protection. Yes, yes, yes. You're building a wall, if you will, or barbed wire fence or a keep out Jesus yes. sign that says these emotions, I, I have the right to feel this way and I'm twisted and messed up. But if I wasn't, maybe they wouldn't be sending me my check. Wait for it. <laughs> People that stay on disability. And they could be healed. You tell, right. The power comes right through them. And they go, oh, no, no, no. Right. See, that would change the dynamics of my life. But they are so duped into the life that they have that they can't see what God has. Okay, that's a deceived mindset. 
and I'm gonna skip the next one and go to the, go to the next one. That's the deceived mind. We'll talk about it next week. Here, this, look at this. This is what demonic words are assigned to do. Instead of it being a tree, think of it as your mind. This is what the words of darkness are designed to do. To dupe you into allowing demonic influences to blind you from seeing or learning your value to um, express what? Thoughts. Thoughts are expressed with words. And a mindset consists of established ideologies and beliefs that are rooted into a person's thinking. But when demonic, whisper, demonic whispers are darkened beliefs and ideologies that shape your feelings, it's the same thing. They shape your feelings, emotions, your attitude, your behavior, mental pictures and, and habits of anger, bitterness, offense, rage, unforgiveness, jealousy, envy, insecurity, depression, sorrow, helplessness, self-destruction, poverty, lack, rejection, filthy speech, and more and more and more into twisted, perverted, deformed, short-circuited images of failure and hopelessness. That's what it looks like in your head. Oh, that's happy thoughts. It is. Let's go to the next one. Do you believe? <laughs> the word of God, the blood of Jesus, the perfect love of God, angels on assignment, and the power of reap. The power to change your mind yeah. are just a few of our powerful weapons of deliverance from temptation and evil. Just a few. We have authority over all the works of the devil, which means we also have authority over the words. And remember, we have the mind of Christ. So I'm going to skip down and see. Keep going. Keep going. Um, let's go to the carnal effect right there. Okay, so if I allow satanic beliefs and so forth, so now you can start to say, do you see, if I allow satanic beliefs and ideologies to shape my wisdom, because I have to give it permission, right? knowledge, understanding, and insight, then I'm in jeopardy of also allowing my spiritual control over my feelings, my spiritual control over my emotions, and attitude, my spiritual control over my behavior, my spiritual control over my habits to align with the demonic spirits of this present world darkness. I allow that if I do. So what happens? Jesus said that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now, here's what it is, an intrusion on that. The crazy thinking, right? But again, I say, Jesus said, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. So you speak that, and you speak that, and you speak that, and you speak that. You're free. You're free. Yeah. You're free. That's what he said. From the beginning, it was not so. I don't care what the circumstances are. I don't care what the situation is that you face. Oh, this, oh, this, I was born this way. I was duped into this. I was tricked. I was this, da, 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 da. this happened to me. I was victimized. From the beginning, it was not so. God's right order, the, the unaligned parts have been put back into order. That's what he means. He made right the things that were born wrong, and he makes right the things that happened to you. Yes. Yes. See, a victim is by choice. They may have done something to you, but 
Let me tell you something. You could have been, and I have been, raped, or some of these other things. I can go, I don't want to go into all that. But when the power of the word started to permeate the inside of me, you could not keep me thinking that way. That's what your power is. You, I may have been, this may have been stolen. This may be my financial situation. This might be what my life looks like. It looks wrecked. It looks jacked. It looks all of this. But you can't make me think that this is the way that my life will always be. If I don't want to believe that, I don't have to. Isn't that awesome? It says believe God. His word is now. Your only truth. I have seven minutes. Let's watch us do this. Okay. <laughs> so go go down another one. Go. We're going to change your frequency. You're going to change the tune that emanates from you so that you're no longer playing the sad blues, which, which affect your emotions. You're no longer playing the, the music that cusses everybody out and calls everybody out of this, that, the other, and tells tells you that everybody else is the reason that your life is the way that it is. That's a bad song. Okay? You're going to change your frequency. How do I do that? I'm going to believe the truth. He said, if any man has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend. If he has the ears to hear, let him hear it. Let him, this is an allowance from heaven. Let it be so in your life. Let understanding come when you hear the truth. Let your heart receive it. And he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. If you hear from offense, then you will protect yourself. And you know what? I've never yet seen any baby really be able to knock anybody out. This is just the most pitiful thing. Because you're not protecting anything but them. It's right to do. No. Okay? (laughs) Believe the truth. Believe the truth. Well, that's what babies do, right? I walk with God by faith, not natural sight. My walk of faith is grounded in him. And his word, his faith working in me is designed to lead me. Now, these are all, you know what these are. These are the good scriptures. These are the things that we say, oh, yeah, this is what I confess. This is what we say, you know, at least for this week. This is what we do. And then the circumstances, the phone, the text, the Facebook post, or whatever it is. Oh, I knew it was too good to be true. Well, that just tells you which lies. See? So I keep my thoughts continually fixed. On all that is authentic and real. This is yeah. what Philippians 4, 8 through 8 and 9, and, and that's the passion translation of it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to stay with this. Um, I'm going to uh, fasten my thoughts on every glorious work of God and praise him always. Jesus said in Mark 4, 21 through 25, that he asked the question, is the lamp put brought in to be put under a peck measure or under a bed? He says, Things are hidden temporarily only as a means to revelation. For there's nothing hidden except to be revealed, nor is anything temporarily kept secret except in order that it may be made known. You can find out what you need to know. The wisdom, the knowledge, the insight is available to you for the asking and the taking. Take it, he says. 
Why? That if any man has ears, you have ears? Yes. Okay. Then they can become ears to hear. So then he says, listen and perceive. Be careful again. And on and on he says, for to him who has, more will be given. I've skipped down to verse 25. And for him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away by force. By what force? The force of the words that you will speak in place of the ones that he said. See, if it happens to us, and it's a terrible thing to shoot yourself in your foot on purpose. Words. 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 Some of us, when this is over and we're chit-chatting, we'll say the wrong words. Because it's a habit that can be broken. Okay? So again, we say it, that your God inside mindset is a set of a kingdom and so forth, and that that's what you want. So let's go to the next one, because I have to... Um, Ask this question. Whose words will you nurture this week? Keep going. Okay. Is your source going to be earthly or heavenly? It's a swamp. Okay. All right. What are you saying about your health? Consistently. Continually. Daily. What are you saying about your finances? Consistently. Continually. Say those words with me. Daily. What are you saying about your relationships? What are you saying about the circumstances? Here's the one that socks you right between the eyes. What are you saying about your life, the nation, the president, and others? And it all just kind of plays in your head like, oh, ooh. Well, that part was good, okay. But here's the answer. What God said is all that I said. That's it. It'll make some some conversations short. So make sure you don't want to be heard for the sound of just for the joy of listening to your own self talk. Because sometimes that's the problem. So we said this last week that from this time forth, every single ideology and belief that I hold about my life, family, relationships, health, finances, and my God comes into alignment with what God said, right? We said that. And so we said, because God's word is a living, righteous truth. That's established. And because I seek first the kingdom of God, I have a domain to rule over, and I start ruling over my own flesh, over my own words first. Okay, I'm going to change that next time I say over my own words. And I exercise kingdom authority over my thoughts from the spirit, not from the flesh. This is our sum up. I'm part of the body of Christ. I was created to destroy the works of the devil. This is what you're thinking. Yes, I was. I was created to do that. I have a game changer creed because, you know, superheroes have creeds. Game changer creeds. What I say matters and makes a difference in this earth. Okay? It's true. Say it. What I say, what I say matters, matters and makes a difference makes a in difference. this earth. Make this earth here and the rest of the earth around you. Okay? Um, the words that I speak from the unseen realm change the scene. Uh, realm. I'm going to go very quick because i got one minute. Uh, speak from the spirit realm, speaking spirit words from the reality of heaven into the spiritual realm. I've got to go down to um, um, repent. Go down to the one that says repent. Okay. Because I make a permanent change to my source of beliefs, ideologies, and so forth. And I'm seeking first the kingdom. Go down to um, a, uh, the two down where it says, where it says remember. So we refuse all that. Remember, when I change my mind, I change the game. So, and we, and because, come on, because we seek the kingdom of God first, go on, we have a homework assignment. 
which I will have to give you later because I've got 35 seconds. So I want to say <laughs> I'll have to give it to you next week. I guess you get free um, So I want to thank everybody for joining us online today. Uh, you can go to www.astoundinglove.org to contact us or to, um, we invite you to give into this good work and to be a part of what God is doing in this place. Um, we invite you also to join us again in about 15 minutes when our apostle, Dr. Baker, will be bringing forth uh, the second half or the second session of Biblical Solutions for Life. Thank you for joining us. Until the next time, I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee, and this is the wonderful people at Astounding Love Church Fellowship saying, see you in 15 minutes. Yeah.